0: Welcome to Small Talk with Raincraft. I'm Subha, a leadership and executive coach. And I'm Hasita. I'm a marketing strategist. We're just two people who love to talk and love to learn. And this is us being curious about the world around us. Join us.
1: I think it was towards the end of 2019, right, Subha? I was sitting in front of my laptop and trying to write a blog post. And I suddenly realized at 10 a.m. in the morning that I've forgotten how to write. Now, I've been writing for about five years, consistently, continuously turning article by article, copy after copy at that point. So clearly it was not that I didn't know how to do it. But there I was staring at a blank Google Doc, this insurmountable obstacle of 2,000 words looking back at me. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do now? In a way, content, marketing, these are jobs that I actually love for a variety of reasons. And yet, it's possible to come to hate them. That's what I've realized over a period of time. So is that what in common parlance today is known as burnout?
0: Welcome back, small talkers. Looks like today, we are going to touch upon something that's been on many of our minds over the last few years. Burnout, stress, stress, Just a bit of disengagement with work or maybe frustration at the amount of work. Let's see where all this is taking us and even try and figure out what it each means. You know, Hasita, it's interesting that you said 2019 because only around mid-2019, the WHO actually looked at the definition of burnout and they felt that, okay, let's add some clarity here because a lot of the onus is falling on the individual. So when we look at workplaces and someone says, hey, you look like you're just burnt out, then the problem is the persons. You need to go for yoga. You need to get some meditation classes, right? You need to fix it. So what the WHO did was they updated it to say that it is, burnout is resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And essentially what this did is that it raised the awareness of burnout and linked it specifically to work. That we need to pay attention to these occupational symptoms and find solutions that are fixing these toxic work environments. Because the stressors are coming from the job. I'm not walking in with burnout. In the sense that I've not carried it there from somewhere else. It's what I'm doing in the day-to-day, at work, wherever that may be, that needs attention. That's quite interesting, right?
1: Because I think maybe it's a conditioning thing or it's also a systemic thing to a certain extent. Because you're absolutely right. When this thing happened with me, I felt like the onus of solving the problem was also on me. And it never struck me that I could ask for help, that I would ask for support. Like I thought five deep breaths, make them ten and figure this shit out in a way, you know? So that's quite interesting in a way. And it also makes me wonder, have we created those systems sometimes, you know? Like ones that cause burnout, like, Today, we live in a connected world and in smartphones, all of us have more than one device and it's very easy to be connected to the world of work, I think, even after we step away. I wonder if that's got something to do with it.
0: Very true. Like, you know, this just by definition now we have shifted the responsibility for managing burnout from the individual to the organization which means that leaders also have to build a burnout strategy right how do you keep tabs on your teams and how do you help them through such a phase or such a instance and like you said we've created it too we've you look at anybody's kind of definition of the work they do or the kind of teams they're building we hear high performance teams high potential do this success first and it's all coming at a cost if nothing the pandemic kind of helped many of us slow down a bit and say that hey life is still this is the limit yeah yeah coming back to your question burnout is not about just a lot of hard work or overwork so the manager who is kind of getting in there every day and fighting fires and fixing things and responding to cranky customers etc may just we be perfectly fine. That's his job and he enjoys it and he gets it done. Yes, there's a lot to do, but he gets it done. But the quiet guy in the corner who is just not feeling valued or who is just not enjoying what he's doing, there's somebody that we need to check in on.
1: And it also makes me think that maybe during the course of conversation, if I'm using words like hard to describe something or if I'm saying things like I've been really busy, Maybe those are the early signs in a way of recognizing that something is a little off-kilter. Not that it's already gone off the rails, but probably that it needs attention, you know, it needs a little bit of TLC, so to speak. And I also have a question for you, Subha, on uh, exactly what you said, right, about the work that I do enjoy. And if I made a priority list of three things that are very, very important to me, work definitely figures. Oh, there, there's absolutely no question about that. But then what happens when this work component has gotten to a point where it's taking over maybe my priority item number two, priority item number three. So I'm busy to the extent that, say, for example, I can't meet my friends or I can't go swimming. Now, these are things that are important to me. And there is a certain amount of resentment that grows towards this thing that I love so much. But then it's just taking over my life. So, how do I really address that?
0: I think one is maybe to recognize that these. Periods of high stress happen in different parts of our life. I think for many of us, when it's about work, it kind of amplifies and becomes bigger and bigger in our mind because it's important. It's how we make our bread and butter. It's what our part of our identity is. It's how we define ourselves. So if that area of our life is not running smoothly, we tend to feel it more and we tend to even project it more. So if you think about our lives in general as moms, as parents, as family members. There have been times when, let's say, just parenting took a much larger part of our time and attention and mental or even just headspace. So there was, let's say, getting the kid into school for the first time, managing those first few weeks. Not every child adjusts easily, so you have some bit of stress around that and you're trying to figure out how to manage childcare, etc., etc. And that's where your entire headspace is. But we don't think of that stress the way we do about work stress. So there are even periods of extensive elder care or there are periods where a friend needs your help in some way or the other and you're devoting a lot of time and energy, you're trying to prioritize, etc. I think stress for each of us is just a period of time when an overload of things to do, and what we're actually struggling with is the prioritization trying to get it all done making those checklists managing those checklists or to-dos but end of the day we want to get it done yeah, you know that is true
1: <laughs> that is true
0: and we still have that element of control in the things that are happening we want to just gain maybe greater control and it's still stuff that we're invested in we know we'll get it done we are trying to make a good plan we're trying to better that plan we're trying to remove obstacles for ourselves so this kind of stress is what actually we tend to mix up with burnout but this is not really about the kind of deep intensity or the nature of what burnout actually is okay
1: that's interesting so then how do i know Because you have spoken earlier about burnout being an organizational issue and not an issue that's held responsible at the individual level. First of all, how do I know if and when I am burnt out as an individual? And assuming my organization or my systems don't have the awareness to be able to address that at this point in time, how do
0: I even initiate a conversation about it? I think there are a few questions that you could ask yourself. Kind of try and keep doing that. Self-check to say, hey, where am I? It's, I'm waking up and it's not a good day for quite a few days in a row because burnout is progressive. It's not going to happen overnight because it's a little bit of a buildup of different things and suddenly you're maybe deep into it. So you're on that road to burnout if kind of every day is a bad day, you're physically and mentally exhausted all the time. And there is a great deal of detachment. You're more cynical and you're no longer feeling joy from things that you used to bring you joy. So you're a little more negative than usual. The glass is half empty. And to add to that, there's the lack of energy, you're edgy. And you're just questioning, hey, what is all this for? What am I contributing to? What's the meaning here? Why am I working so hard? As you can see, the concept of burnout is three very, very, very intense feelings of detachment of questioning your the value of it all what's it worth and physical mental just fatigue related to work right and I'm going to keep bringing that up that it's related to what you identify as the core work that you do yeah
1: yeah and therefore the trigger originating from that work as well and I think one of the Most common reasons for burnout, I'm assuming, and probably we don't talk about it enough, is doing the work that you're good at, but doesn't necessarily make you happy on the inside. You know, there are so many things that we are good at. And I think we all find jobs where at least one or more of those skills is valued. But somewhere, at some point, I think uh, we do start asking this question, am I doing this thing that makes me happy? Almost the question then could be like if I wasn't get paid to do this, what is the thing that I would still continue to do and what is the thing that I would drop? And I'm just curious, is it possible to be burnt out from not really living a way to the thing that you are supposed to be doing really?
0: Very much. I think one of the uh, most significant contributors to burnout is that feeling of being undervalued. That could be coming from yourself or there could be workplace triggers that are telling you that or indicating that to you. But there's a huge kind of, let's say, maybe just even a value mismatch that, hey, I kind of enjoy doing this. I really, for you, maybe I, you know, I enjoy writing, but that content writing space is no longer giving me joy because of the way the clients are asking for work or the way uh, I'm being compensated for it or the way my work is put out there, so many reasons. I enjoy writing, but it's not doing anything for me anymore. And so, like you said, that little bit of joy is gone, whatever I had. What could be useful to think about is that when you're feeling excessive stress, it's kind of like you feel like you're drowning. So you sense it, you know it, and you know that you have to reach out for that life jacket or that you know reach out for something nearby or just remember that you know how to swim or hold your breath and let your body come up so you have a plan you know you can do this right burnout on the other hand feels like you're just completely dried up from inside and you don't really notice it till it happens yeah that's the tricky bit actually with burnout is that often i feel like
1: it catches you by surprise like And I understand that it's a process and it's been ongoing for a while, but then suddenly you wake up one fine day and you're just feeling so bad.
0: So one of the things that you can think about when you feel like, hey, this is the work I need to do, but it's not giving me that satisfaction, that joy, that just simple happiness is to see how much of what I'm doing is because it's important and how much of what I'm doing is because it keeps me busy. And focusing on what's important work be a great way to bring your mind back to hey this is why i loved this and this is what i want to be doing in this space and this is what i want to say no to a lot of times burnout is simply because we don't know how to say no our control element is strong we can't disconnect once we've committed and we don't know how to say no yeah yeah
1: and by then it feels like it's a bit too far gone to be able to pull back in a way you're right And also, I think it really makes me think about something that I probably like to call the core interest in a way, which I think is different for different people, right? I think the very reason why I moved into marketing at all is because of the scope for learning that it offers. And maybe that tells me something in the sense that if I wasn't getting paid, what is the thing that I would still do? I think I would still continue to learn about the world in one way or another. So just identifying that sometimes... What's helped, and I think Subha, this is also thanks to your coaching interventions, is just taking that 30 minutes out to learn something and just to remind myself that I can still do this and it doesn't have to be about my work and then kind of continuing with the rest of the day. So that's been a bit helpful.
0: I think catching it early is important if we think about what could help us effectively deal with such a phase at work. Definitely catching it early and you can... Just ask yourself these simple questions. Maybe a check-in with yourself once in every few weeks, right? Is there a lot of exhaustion? Is there detachment? Am I questioning the why? And if you're repeatedly saying yes to all of these, then yes, it's time to reach out to someone. You can start with a friend, you can start with a trusted confidant and you can go straight to a professional and say, Hey, I'm going to make my emotional, physical well-being a priority because something's not okay here. But like you said, also, Important to examine the workspace? What is it that I'm doing? Who am I dealing with? Are there any kind of toxic elements that I want to say no and goodbye to? Because that is important. It's not all on you. There are triggers around you which are causing this and it's important to get them out of the way too. Like
1: they say on medicine packets right? The potential benefits of this medicine far outweigh the potential pitfalls but if that's not the case anymore then maybe it's okay to just take ourselves out of that situation. And then my last question for you Subha is on on organizations and a lot of us are building systems, teams, not even organizations, but just kind of responsible for other people in a way. And it's very easy to, I've been guilty of this as well, to jump to a conclusion that says, if someone's not performing, they must be incompetent or they must be lazy. When in reality, it could also be that they're feeling a certain amount of burnout. So as a manager, how do you balance these two things? And how do you know which is which?
0: I think uh, as a manager, more and more now, Check-ins are so important. I think just conversations that are not just about work, but are about the person. So, and now as offices are opening up or even if you're still in a virtual kind of setup or like us, where it's always going to be a more or less a remote interaction, right? Check-ins where you call up somebody on your team and just say, hey it's Friday what are your plans for the weekend how are you how are you feeling what went well this week for you what are you dreading for next week so many simple questions that can help you pick up are they in a good mind space do they need some kind of support and and also I think more and more it's just okay to ask hey do you need help I think the stigma around it from both sides, from asking and it's even saying...
1: yeah, a bit too high in a way, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I think it's okay to ask, do you need help? And if you're on the other side, again, it's okay to say, I need help or I don't need help. I'll figure it out. Give me time. But hey, why don't you just check in on me after a few weeks?
1: Absolutely. So what happened in 2019 then? I think I spent a lot of time really thinking through... What was important to me, facilitated by a coach, and of course, the support of my family and friends. And I started actually making a list of things that made me happy. So if I went for a coffee with a friend, I would say, This experience made me happy and if I had a certain interaction at work that didn't make me happy I would actually physically write it down and say this didn't make me happy. And over a period of time I think my brain started processing the fact that I'm allowed to have opinions and choices in work and as I made that choice a lot of things thereafter panned out in some very interesting ways. I became a we in a way and we became a team and that's what is Motley Crue today. So in a way while I'm very very thankful for the trigger I'm also very cognizant of the fact that having the right support system especially in cases of burnout is so so important and vital and like you said Subha I think it could come from a professional it could also come from friends family but these days I do try it's not always possible but I do try and ask people especially when they look a little wilted I make it a point to ask them hey what's been up with you even if that's at work. And I'm just not worrying about what the other person might think.
0: And believe me, we've all been through a, a difficult few years. And when someone just does that simple check-in, it matters and it's appreciated. Not everyone may respond in that way, but it's still important that we continue our check-ins and receive the check-ins also. And try and say, oh, hey, thank you for that. Just thank you for looking out for me. I'm okay. Or I'm getting better. Or hey, no. I need help. All of those responses and anything else that's on your mind is perfectly fine. Because end of the day, our mind and body is the only thing that we have control over. We need to prioritize that over everything else. That was a great conversation. And I think we touched upon a lot of things. We talked about what's burnout, what's stress, what could be some of the questions that you could ask yourself to remind you or to just check in on yourself, whether you're okay or not. What are some of the things that you need to think about at a workplace? If you are the team member, if you're the manager, if you're the leader. A lot of great questions from Hasita as always and loved having this conversation and hope you find it useful. Do let us know. Thanks. for listening till the very end we hope you enjoyed the conversation if you'd like to leave us a note about the episode please do write in at connect at raincraft.in or drop us a voice message at speakpipe.com raincraft all the details about our guest today and how you can find us on social media are available in the show notes so please do have a read and catch you next time